Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Dr. Melanie Wong is a pediatric clinical immunology allergy specialist based in Sydney. In a post-pandemic world, the importance of healthy immunity has never been more top of mind. In Australia, primary immunodeficiency disorders are a diverse group of more than 400 potentially serious chronic illnesses that can lead to frequent or severe infections, swellings and autoimmune problems. Genetic testing and early detection can have a profound impact on lifespan, health span, and treatment protocols of allergies and autoimmune disorders, which also impact how we age. The Australian Society for Clinical Allergy and Immunology have identified the importance of early diagnosis in all primary immunodeficiencies and newborn screening. In this episode, I was lucky enough to speak to Dr. Melanie Wong, a past president of the Australasian Society of Clinical Immunology and Allergy, co-head of the Immunology and Allergy Department at the Children's Hospital at Westmead, on how immunity can be tested and what we can do to enhance our own immunology, treatment of allergies and enhancement of wellness. We discussed the role of gut health, the negative impact of inflammation, and the key role of food and lifestyle changes to positively enhance life and health span. I think I'll just briefly say that I'm a paediatric allergist and immunologist. Um, I have a passion as far as developing uh, and expanding our treatments and diagnostic abilities for people with immunodeficiencies, particularly children, but also adults, and also for people with allergies and, and autoimmunity and, and other disorders of, of the immune system. Um, as part of what I've been doing, I've been a past president of uh, the ASCIA, which is the Australasian Society of Clinical Immunology and Allergy. And I'm on a number of, of strategies, including the National Immunodeficiency Strategy and also the National Allergy uh, Council, both of which are, are very, sorry, I'll start that again. Um, can I start that? So, but, but both, both of which are, um, are aimed at advancing the, the community awareness actually of these, these disorders and also trying to uh, increase funding for, for some of these areas. But what about other allergies and other things that, are, you know, are plaguing Australians? You know, we talk about food allergies, which uh, seem to have multiplied um, skin disorders, um, that seem to be on the rise, anaphylactic responses that, uh, you know, when I was growing up, it seemed to be far less uh, or far less discussed um, than what it is now. And there seems to be an enormous amount of awareness, but a limitation to the testing that you can have, limitation to the number of experts, you know, to get on a, a, a wait list for an immunologist, a pediatric immunologist, a pediatric allergy test um, for a child is often over a year in New South Wales. Uh, I know because I've been down that path before for my child. 
And so what happens, you know, if, if we can't get the, that kind of testing for children after, the, the, after they're born and we're seeing occurrences of these serious um, illnesses in adults as well, what are the testing protocols? What can we ask for in the current medical system that could really add to the quality of life, that could enhance health span, lifespan, longevity? The disorders that you've been talking about, and we'll, we'll put this under the umbrella of immune dysregulation. So where the immune system is not doing its appropriate job and getting a little bit mixed up. And as such, it's showing itself up to be uh, in, in the form of allergy, in, in skin problems, um, autoimmunity, and what we call autoinflammation. So people having fevers, mouth ulcers, joint aches and pains, all those sorts of things where there's an inflammatory element to their disease. And you are very right. We are actually seeing more and more of these immune dysregulation disorders than we had many years ago, particularly, for example, if I compare when I first started, started to work, we really didn't see quite as many. And, um, and it's not just because we are identifying or talking about it more, it does seem like there are more in the community. And it's quite complex to talk about why that might be the case. And lifestyle uh, and lifestyle issues may well contribute to our, um, our increasing rate of these disorders. Mm -hmm. So if we came back to your original question of, of how we might be able to screen and diagnose children and, and adults earlier, it, it really does depend on what you've come with. So if we talk about allergy, for example, you're very right that, that it is actually very hard to access um, out, specialist allergists and immunologists but at the same time we're very we're trying very hard to upskill other people in the community including GPs and general pediatricians and physicians in, in order that they can help with the screening and management of the more straightforward conditions and so hopefully that will alleviate some of the issues that people face. At the same time we need to uh, educate the, the public in, to identify what is a severe allergy versus something that is an intolerance, for example, and, and, and in, in that process trying to, to delineate what is potentially a dangerous thing. So we think about something called anaphylaxis, which is a very the extreme form of, a, of an allergic reaction where people could potentially, and I, and I do say potentially, die if they're exposed to even a very small amount of something, a food, for example, that or an antibiotic that they are allergic to. On the other hand, you can have an allergy which only gives you a bit of a rash or only gives you a bit of an itchy nose, for example. And, and so we know that, for example, people, a lot of people have hay fever. Um, you're saying that, you know, the work that is available in the body of evidence and research that's available from genetic testing can help inform and narrow the field of treatment protocols. Um, is that correct? That is, except that that's in general. And so if I come back to your very original question, can an individual just do a, a genetic test without um, very particular uh, reason to do so and as someone to actually look at the results and interpret it properly, the usefulness in this point in time is not useful for that individual. It may be useful when we take it all into um, in, in association with, with populations and how we as doctors think about treatment, but at this point in time, 
there is no magic genetic test for the majority of people. And in terms of inflammation and uh, autoimmune diseases, um, and and I guess you know we've talked about uh, health span, but also lifespan. Uh, what can we do, uh, you know, other than the normal uh, advice for a healthier lifestyle and wellness and testing? What can we do in a world where it is hard to get adequately diagnosed? It is difficult to see an expert, um, uh, you know, when you start first, when you first start seeing these, you might have to wait a year before um, you even get to see an expert. Are there things that you would recommend that are lifestyle changes that would be worthwhile exploring? So first of all, I'm going to say at the beginning, it's really important to go and see your general practitioner. And I know it is still harder to get in these days, harder to get in to see your GP, but GPs actually are, are are the triaging system and they very quickly often are able to pick up someone who actually needs to be escalated further and even if it takes longer to actually physically see the specialist the GP can actually do some tests to start off with and what we know is that for example in this more common CBID entity um, or, or a number of other immunodeficiencies in fact if you just do a full blood count and look at the immunoglobulins, so IgG, IgA, and IgM. So two very simple, commonly, you know, really easily available tests. It picks up about 70% of people with CVID, um, or sorry, with immuno, primary immunodeficiency. So it is a very good screen. It doesn't mean if it's normal that there is no immunodeficiency, but if they're, if they're abnormal, that just heightens the need to see someone earlier. And then the GP can pick up the phone and talk to their friendly immunologist and get help. And if this person's issues need to be escalated, then we can see people earlier. So I squeeze people in all the time, as do my colleagues who actually need to be seen earlier. Now, coming back to your next question. So that's, that's the first thing go and see a GP, make sure they know that you're worried about the fact that you've got ongoing infections or, or lots of other symptoms that don't seem right. The next, the, the next level is what you can do to, um, to optimize your health. And, and some of that includes what you're alluding to, actually general lifestyle things. Don't smoke. Smoking in fact is, so actually I'm going to come back before I say that. Primary immunodeficiency, so things that potentially have a genetic cause, etc., um, are not as common as what we call secondary immunodeficiencies. So people who um, are aging, medications, including medications that suppress the immune system, um, cancers, etc., um, diabetes, malnutrition, dietary things are the major causes of our immune system not to work quite as well. And that includes getting more infections, inflammatory elements, allergies, etc. And then on top of that, things like obesity, obesity itself is a pro-inflammatory state. Um, and so losing some weight and exercise is actually a really important um, contribution to overall reduction in, in inflammation. Um, smoking is another pro-inflammatory uh, 
state. And so reactive, oxy uh, reactive um, oxygen species, et cetera, uh, injury, direct injury to the lungs, to the upper airways, or, or and heart, increasing, increasing all those bad aspects. If you've stopped smoking, can actually also reduce problems and smoking increases your chance of actually getting infection in the lung in itself. So they've done studies where they've looked at children who um, are in households where there's smoking within the house and or within the cars that they travel in. And those children definitely have an increased risk or an increased incidence of both viral and bacterial infections. And, and what about stress? Stress is definitely also uh, an immune, um, an immunized suppressant or in, in the sense that you may have heard of athletes who've been training, so actually the stress and also over-exercise, but um, if you, there have been studies in, in athletes who have been under stress and both mental, mental as, a, as, a, as well as physical strength, stress. And they've shown that there have been changes in their, their immune responses. So the function of the immune system that varies with how much stress they're under, for example, big races and big events, etc. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.